Blog Talk Radio. Glamour Fearless. Diva Talk Radio. Honey, love has come and gone, and we are moving on. Are you ready to dance with us, baby? Come on. Are you ready? Because I'm ready to host Diva Talk Radio Spotlight, a show dedicated to women touched by diabetes. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedick, and I'm on a quest to glamorize good health. It's National Diabetes Awareness Month, so lean into your radio and get ready to be inspired, because tonight I'm shining the spotlight on the author of Blessed Assurance, Success Despite the Odds, Let's meet our fabulous guest of November, Jackie Lewis. Hello, Jackie. Hi, Matt. Welcome to the show. I'm good. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for dressing up. You look fabulous, too, I'd like to add. (laughs) Now, you're calling from, you're on the show from uh, Detroit, Michigan, and you have such an amazing story uh, just a will to live and overcoming all the odds that I'm going to open up the phone lines right away and tell our callers that they could call in to Diva Talk Radio at 347-215-8551 and ask our special guest, Jackie Lewis Kemp, a question or post a question in our chat room and I'll ask it to her for you. So hello, Jackie. Hi. Now, um, I was reading all about you. I know you have a book coming out. You have a new book coming out. Please tell our listeners a little bit about your story from uh, diagnosis to diva. Well, I was diagnosed with diabetes uh, at seven years old, so it's type 1 diabetes. And um, so I've grown up with diabetes. Uh, Everything I've experienced has been with diabetes, at least up until... I was a, a young adult. Um, I went to elementary school and had to figure out a shot. I remember back when we checked glucose levels with um, test tape in our urine. Um, as a high schooler, I was a cheerleader. Nothing stopped me. I just did whatever I could and incorporated diabetes into that. Um, when I was... Um, I was married. I had some retinopathy um, when I was engaged, just before my wedding. And um, I had laser and then a vitrectomy. And um, that's just surgery to clear out the blood clot from my eye. And And how did that go? That was, um, actually I was in the hospital maybe two or three days. The eye, interestingly, is the fastest healing part of the body. And so um, I had to continue taking drops, but I had full eyesight when I was uh, finished. Um, I could see actually immediately when I um, they took the bandages off, but to, um, heal, to help heal the eye and keep infection out, I took drops after that. And then... As you went on with your living with diabetes, you began to uh, have more complications. Yes, I am. Um, when I had my son, I had a very complicated pregnancy. Um, that um, I saw the doctor, the obstetrician, 
for from the time I was 11 weeks pregnant until I delivered, and I was in the hospital for a month, and then he did a C-section. So that was a very um, complicated issue. I was, I mean, it took lots of control. And were um, your doctors advising you to have children, or were they advising you not to have children? That that would have been good to do, huh? I probably should have talked to the doctor first. Um, okay, they, so you didn't talk to the doctor about it. You just you, you. No, I didn't. And you do I have was, a healthy son. I have a twenty-year-old healthy son. So yeah, it, it worked out. I was very fortunate, but by all means, um, before getting pregnant, you should talk with the doctor, if for no other reason, to do what they're now coming out with prehabilitation. So you want to get ready and really get your blood sugar under control before. But it sounds like you had pretty good control. I know your family was involved. I want to hear more about that. But tell our listeners, what led to the kidney and pancreas transplants? Well, after 32 years of type 1 diabetes, um, my kidneys did finally fail. I was on dialysis for only seven months. And um, my brother courageously um, donated his left kidney to me. And so after we were at, we went into the hospital for the transplant on a Thursday. We had that transplant on Thursday. It was Thursday morning we went in. And then we were discharged the following Tuesday. Wow. Yeah. So your so in the process because I know we're gonna have a, a lot of uh, I'm getting messages in the chat room already about asking about what the transplant uh, what it's like to go what's the process of getting a transplant so in your case with the kidney you asked your family members and you seem to have found someone in your brother correct who is a perfect match yeah interestingly I did not ask anyone in my family I um told my mom and husband and brother, he's the only brother I have, that I was uh, going to start dialysis. And um, at that point, my brother said, well, then I'll give you a kidney. And um, he had no idea that he would even be a tissue match. We did know that we had the same blood type, but you have to go through a much more involved tissue typing to make sure that you're a tissue match. All right, and, and how long ago did you have the kidney transplant? I had the kidney 11 years ago. And how is your brother doing today? Because a lot of people are always curious to know how the person who uh, gave up the organ, is, the donor, is doing. He's doing wonderfully. In fact, um, about a year, maybe a year, not quite a year, after our transplant, uh, his wife was pregnant, <laughs> so I oh, like so to say. So it didn't say, affect every organ in his body. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, that's what I like to say. He I wanted to we make just sure he did a program in Philadelphia and uh, a couple weeks ago, and intimacy issues and diabetes came up an awful lot. And because of that, next year in 2012, we're going to be dealing with that issue a lot more. Listeners, not only on Diva Talk Radio, but also at our outreach events. So thank you, Jackie, for bringing that up. But yeah. getting back to this story. So you had the kidney transplant 11 years ago. Uh, I'm assuming things were going well. What led to the pancreas transplant? 
Well, actually, my uh, transplant team's full plan of action was to stop the reason for needing the kidney transplant. And the reason I needed the kidney was because of the elevated blood sugars. And for the prolonged period that I had the elevated blood sugars, what, do you remember what your uh, what were some of the readings? Because when we talk about elevated blood sugars, I'd love to remind the listeners what the, those readings would have been. Did you have an A1C at that time that you remember? I did. And what was um, that? You kind of really put me on. <laughs> um, the highest it's ever been was when I was a young adult and just kind of running around and not really focusing on my diabetes, it was as high as 14. Okay. I mean, I've I've done outreach with people with a 14. I think it's important for people to realize that when your A1C, which is, again, the average blood glucose reading for three months, uh, a 14 is rather high, and something like this can result because of it. So thank you for admitting that. I appreciate that. But so continue with the story. So you had you were having high A one your high A one Cs and blood sugars were high, and then you you did have the kidney transplant. And so again, what led to the pancreas transplant? Well, the eighteen months later, or actually about uh, six months after the kidney, I had to requalify for another transplant. You go through a series of tests, uh, cardiac stress tests, to make sure that you're able to undergo the surgery. And uh, six months after the kidney, I went through that battery of tests all over again. And um, one year after that, uh, they called me to receive a pancreas, which was different than my kidney. That was a living-related kidney. The pancreas is from someone who died, and the family donated his organs, his or hers, I don't know, and I received the pancreas. And how long ago was that? That was, I see, 11 and 9, nine years ago. Nine years ago. And so what is your average day like? Can you describe that for the listeners? Um. My day now is very different than what it used to be, and it took some time to transition into that. I was a very busy um, executive as well as mom and um, um, participating in church programs, and just I like to stay busy still today. But um, it included getting up, taking my insulin, checking my glucose in reverse order. But... um, planning my meals out, making sure I had all of the things I need to do, both at work and at home. And when I had the pancreas transplant, that changed very drastically because I don't need to test quite as often. I'm supposed to do it once a month. I try to do it or once a week or so. I try to do that but don't quite make it. Um, my fasting these days is 80 so you had a pancreas transplant, and you were living with type 1 diabetes for 31 years. Your fasting blood glucose level is normally around an 80. Are you taking insulin today? No, not at all. Not at all? So, no, I'm but not taking any diabetes medication. You don't take any orals as well? 
No, correct. But are, you are taking medication. I'm taking transplant medication, anti-rejection medication. Mm-hmm. And what what kind of med- how many medications is that in general? Well, it's several pills. Um, I take probably um, thirteen or so in the morning and nine at night pills at night. But I take basically three different uh, prednisone and salsept and um, Prograph are the three major um, anti-rejection drugs. I do take a hypertensive um, medication. I did have kidney-induced hypertension, and so I still have some, very mild. And how, um, you know, how do you handle this? This must be, I mean, it has changed your life considerably, but you, you've written about this, and you go out and speak around the country motivating people. So, you know, when you have a day where you start out with 14 pills in the morning and you continue to take them throughout the day, what kind of motivates you to kind of get up in the morning and be excited about life? Oh, you know what? You really can't take things too seriously. If you think about it, I was seven years old taking insulin, giving myself a shot at seven years old. So taking these pills in the morning, however many they are, they're all in one little slot, and I kind of dump them in my hand, throw them back in my mouth, and take some water and swallow them all at once. Um, That's really not that big a deal. The most major thing for me with diabetes, the most difficult part of it, was having to plan everything, having to be ready for what could happen, planning my day, you know, for eating, for snacks, for um, insulin, and uh, tracking glucose monitoring. Um, That was a lot of work. This doesn't seem like near as much work there are some very serious issues, some things that, that happen. I do have to remember to take this medication and be careful of what I take for pain relief. Ibuprofen, just a couple of them, could reject my kidney. So I have wow. to make And you're also that. susceptible to viruses and common colds, right, because your immune system is is pretty weak in order to have that acceptance continue, correct? Absolutely. Yes, it is, absolutely. So I have a different regimen is how I look at it. I'm not cured of diabetes. I am treated with a pancreas transplant, and that treatment requires that I still do some things. Do you think that people who are living with diabetes who hear this or who have come up to speak to you at conferences you've attended think that getting a pancreas transplant is like the holy grail, like something they all want? I mean, I'm just curious. Like, How do people react to that when you tell them after 31 years of living with diabetes, you're no longer taking insulin, you're still checking your blood glucose on a regular basis? What is the response? It's really interesting. I find that most people are interested in the medicine behind it. They want to know, wow, how does that work? And really... And they're they're kind of surprised about it. Not too many really feel like, oh, and I'll be cured and that'll be it. A couple I've talked to have have kind of thought, wow, now you don't have to do anything, huh? And it's quite the contrary. Um, living without um, putting your hands in your face or your mouth or, you know, just keeping clean to make sure you don't 
um, take in bacteria that you don't need, it's still some work. Um, and taking all those pills and all the procurement and all that. But um, not too many really feel like it's, it's the Holy Grail. And I've always felt that it's the the word, the monitoring, the figuring out, the being prepared just in case that has been the work with diabetes. The shots, I was seven years old. Doesn't everybody take a shot? It's probably what I thought. <laughs> I love it. And a lot, a, di- a famous diva inspires you, Jackie, I, I read about in your bio. You and uh, Mary Tyler Moore have a lot in common. Tell our listeners a little bit about that. Well, I I I admire. I've always admired Mary Tyler Moore. Now I'm gonna need for you to tell me about that. I didn't know that she had a transplant as well. I read that myself. That she had. Uh, she's living. She's living with type one diabetes. She's very outspoken. She has always been a, a big supporter of Juveniles uh, Diabetes Research Foundation, other known as the JDRF. And I believe she might have had the pancreas transplant, but I would have to tell my listeners I'll double-check that and post it on the blog. But she motivates you for a lot of other reasons as well, right? She inspired you not only with your diabetes but with your career because people might not know that you were a very successful businesswoman living with diabetes as well and one of the uh, top CEO in the country. So tell a little bit about that. Whoa. <laughs> top CEO in the country, I don't think. Well, you well, ran your you ran a large not. company. You were awarded by Black Enterprise several yes, awards. Yes, I was. Yes, yes. I know I you're was. being modest, but you're you're a fabulous <laughs> guest. It's National Diabetes Awareness Month, and at Divabetic, we always love to applaud our divas, and you're our diva in the spotlight tonight. Let me just remind our callers: if you want to call in and ask Jackie Lewis Kemp a question, you can at three four seven two one five eight five five one. So I'm asking the question. You're the Joan Collins of the evening. What what does it take? What what advice can you share to other young entrepreneurs, women especially, who are um, you know want to go out on their own and run a business since you did so well for so long? Well, the biggest thing, like I mentioned, the toughest part of managing diabetes was being prepared, and I think that is true in everything. And so I think my diabetes, quite frankly. Um, predisposed me for that uh, success in business because it taught me to be prepared to consider either way. If I'm low, I'll do this. If I'm high, I'll do this, or I'll be able to do it later in the day because I'm carrying this. Well, the same thing with business. If I win the work, then I will make room within my organization this way. If I don't, I won't have excess costs in my organization by doing things this way or at this point in time. So it really does help, believe it or not. Don't think of your diabetes as uh, something that's holding you back, but something that's actually pushing you forward. And there are things that you can learn from the way you manage your diabetes to take into other parts of your life. Raising children. <laughs> and well, and I would think a lot of our listeners who are living with diabetes would love to be working at an, a business where the boss has diabetes. How um, willing were you to test out in public, and how vocal were you about your diabetes while you were running the company? Oh, I was. Um, everyone knew that I was diabetic. They knew. 
that I have a refrigerator in the office, and I guess maybe I brought on things into my company that others may not have um, because they themselves didn't have need for it. Uh, Simple things like having a refrigerator in the office and we're in a manufacturing plant, um, I needed to be able to store my excess insulin and um, snacks and uh, whatever else I had in there. So I left it in the main part of the office for others to be able to use. Um, Why just keep it for myself or in my desk? Uh, Health insurance is something that was critical for me to have and my family to have. And so we made sure that we had health insurance available for our employees. The other, I don't know whether I should share this on the radio or not, the other issue I I made that access to health insurance some people who have large families cannot afford mm-hmm. to pay the copay, not the copays, but the premiums, the the part they share with the employer, because they have a large family. And at my company, I paid for half of what you needed, whether that was a single, a two person, or a family. Wow, and you know, I hope people hear that because that's amazing, especially in these times. And, you know, Jackie, you're not only a fabulous CEO, you're also a little bit of a game player. And at Diva Talk Radio, we love to play games. So are you ready to have some fun? I'm ready. Because it's time for Pick a Number. That's right, listeners. We're educating and empowering divas about living well with diabetes one number at a time. And tonight's special guest, Jackie Lewis-Kemp, has got your number. Jackie, (laughs) it's time to tell us what's your number. That number is 90. 90? Why is it 90? 90 because that's how many days it takes to get an average blood sugar or hemoglobin A1C. And we talked about that earlier. Thank you. That's a wonderful thing. And the A1C, just tell our listeners what that means. Uh, A1C is an average blood sugar, a sort of average blood sugar that they collect over a 90-day period of time or three months. So it's not just that one little finger prick or a picture of your glucose, but more like a video camera of nine months. Oh, nine months. Of 90 days. 90 days. Of blood sugar, so you know on average what you've been running for three months. And I would like to say we spoke about this earlier, and you admitted that you had an A1C level of 14 prior to the transplant. I did some research while we're on the radio, and that would be an average blood glucose reading of 335 mm-hmm. uh, with an, uh, if your A1C is 14. So people could find that information out if they were listening to the show earlier. Now, that's not the only game we have for you tonight, Jackie. It's time for Is It an Organ or a Piano? (laughs) (laughs) This is for you since you're our special guest for November. All right, here we go. Here's your first question. Which one dates back further? Is it the organ or the piano? Ew, I'm going to say the organ. You're right. (laughs) The organ (laughs) dates back to the first century B.C., 
Well, human organs date back even further. That's important to remember that. (laughs) (laughs) Next, Jackie, how many keys are on a piano? Is it 68, 78, or 88? Oh, that is the home of the 88. (laughs) You are correct. (laughs) 36 black keys and 51 white keys. How many pipes does the world's largest organ have? 200, I mean, I'm sorry, 23,000, 33,000, or 43,000? Ew. The largest organ must be a pipe organ, but I still don't know. Well, yeah, it has either 28, 33, 43 pipe, uh, pipes. Right. 33. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually 28,000, and it's a Wanamaker organ at Macy's in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, where we kicked off our Golden Girls tour earlier last month. Finally, which is the larger organ, the heart or the liver? The heart. It's the liver. <laughs> larger? You were doing well there, Jackie, then you kind of sidewind, so I'm going to have to get Diva with you, and it's time to test your Diva IQ. In in celebration of National Diabetes Awareness Month at Diva Medic, we're celebrating women as fabulous as Jackie Lewis Kemp. Jackie, here's your first question to see how well-versed you are on celebrity gossip. Which famous diva has five number one hits from the same album? Is it Rihanna, Madonna, or Katy Perry? Madonna. And it's Katy, it's Katy Perry. Ready for your next question? Which famous diva has won a Tony, an Oscar, and an Emmy? Is it Betty White, Liza Minnelli, or Jennifer Lopez? Ew. Oh, tick, 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 tick. Betty White, uh, Liza Minnelli. Betty White. Betty White, that's your final yeah. answer? And it's Liza Minnelli. Oh. Okay, hopefully you'll get the last question. Yeah, we're just going to buzz you for the next five minutes. Here's your final question. Which famous diva was married for only nine days? Is it nine? Kim Kardashian, Britney Spears, or Cher? Hmm? Uh... We all know it's not Kim Kardashian because she was right. just married for 72 days. Um, well, she's still married. I'm going to say Cher. Yes, it's Cher. She was married to Greg Allman for only nine days. Hmm. You did you did pretty go, great with those games. And if listeners, oh. if you're having fun with any of these games, you should come to one of our many Divabetic live outreach events. Check out our website at divabetic.org and the calendar section and find out how we're having educating people about diabetes information. So, Jackie, you know, we're wrapping up. I want to talk a little bit about your mindset that has kept you going through all these different journeys, and you make reference to it, I believe, in your book. So what is your motto that keeps you going? I think that you have to look at the situation, whatever situation comes your way, good or bad, and 
kind of digest it, understand it, make a decision. And once you've done that, go on. Don't um, bring bad decisions, previous decisions that weren't optimal into your future. I think you have to do the best you can and be learned about that. Make sure that you investigate things. You don't just uh, kind of see which way the wind is blowing and go that way, but make informed decisions and and keep moving ahead. Progress. Don't get stuck in your own sorrow, if you will. Don't. Just and tell us where they could get your tell the name of the book and where they could get the book to read more about that. I love that advice, by the way. The name of my book is Blessed Assurance: Success Despite the Odds, and you can um, buy my book on my website, which is um, jlewiskemp.com, and um, you can also get it at um, Amazon.com. And Hope United Methodist Church, if you're in the Southfield area, and a couple other bookstores in Grand Rapids. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for joining us. I'd like to thank my special guest tonight, Jackie Lewis Kemp, for joining us. And listeners, we're celebrating National Diabetes Awareness Month all month long by offering you over 30 free Diva Talk radio programs at divabetic.org and for free on iTunes. Remember, every diva has an entourage, and I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's get happy and stay healthy together. Thank you for listening. <laughs>